Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Melbourne Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host, Dean. Thank you, Ben Mackay. Welcome to another episode. If this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. My name is Dean Vasic, and you can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. I'm also on TikTok as well, now at hashtag Kangaroos One. So I welcome back Jesse, Frank, and Mark to go through another disappointing performance over the weekend. It definitely does have that 2022 vibe right now where we, we really are struggling to find the positives each week. Uh, turnovers, competing for long periods are a struggle as well. The difference between us and the top, not only the top sides is winding um, by the week. Um, even the middle of the tier, middle of the road sides, are, you know, uh, there's a big gap there. Um, average losing margin by 61 points in the last five weeks has the supporters on edge right now. So let the therapy session begin, and let's bring on the boys to dissect it a bit more right now. Boys, welcome back once again. This is definitely getting tougher by the week. Frank, I'll start with you. It certainly feels like 2022 right now, and I hate to say it, but we are no better under Clarko this year than we were under Noble last year, are we really? No, not at this current stage, Dean. I would say that we are really, really struggling um, I think there's some, uh, th- there are some some positives, uh, even though they're very minor. But um, I think confidence to be at absolute rock bottom. Um, you can just tell by the way we sort of advance the ball at the moment. It seems to be safety first and slowly, slowly. And uh, yeah, we've basically fallen back into the the sort of style that we were playing under David Noble of. Um, no adventure, no dare, and, and really no confidence. Mm. Now, Jesse, I, I heard someone going nuts uh, <laughs> in the background there, uh, Frank, um, but that's all good. Uh, Jesse, what do you think? Uh, look, we're talking, look I'll, I'll just briefly touch on uh, the game over the weekend. It's amazing after a bright first quarter how things just fall apart so quickly, doesn't it? And in about 15 minutes of the second quarter, we're almost effectively out of the game, aren't we? Yeah, look, our second quarters have been terrible. We've had a few first quarters this year in in the games that we've been blown away and that we've been competitive, and then it's 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 been all over in the second quarter. The other team figures us out and they kind of run run away with it. Um, yeah, look, it's an interesting one at the moment. I think I think we're really seeing. Look, I've got some. I've got faith in Clarko and the current administration, the current coaching panel. You know, we've got. And Viney there, who's an experienced operator. We've got, uh, you know, an experienced coaching group that Clarko has put together. Uh, we've got Rats there, who's who's had some, um, who I thought was a decent coach at other clubs. But I think what we're really seeing here is how little they've got to work with. Uh, the list is average. It, it and you know that's that's harsh, but it's one of the more average lists that we potentially have ever seen. And. I think what we're seeing here is, you know, if you look at our our first pick taken in the last six drafts, um, you know, we've got LDU who's been injury impaired for, you know, the start of his career. And then, you know, he's off for five weeks at the moment. So he hasn't really got, I don't think he's played a full season. Uh, you've got Taron Thomas, who obviously we don't know, need to go into at this stage. Charlie Common, who... Again, <laughs> hasn't had a great run. Phillips didn't have a great run. Horn, well, he 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 had a blinder. He's had a blinder most games this year for Port, and then Sheasel. So you know, I don't know what team really improves or succeeds in 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 this situation. We've got got a lot of talent we need to bring onto this list. Um, I think there's a bit of a reality check. Uh, for fans, including, you know, some of us who, who thought after the first few weeks Clarko was going to turn it around in an instance. You know, confidence is, is key, absolutely, and that will get you that far. But there's a lot of players on our list who who I don't think confidence is necessarily the problem. I think it's talent. Well, I was going to talk about that later, but I'll go to you, Mark, now. Now, one thing I'll look at uh, for you, and that, that and this is a problem as well, I'm going to go through some trades and free agents We've done over the last few years. Since 2019, when Rawlings started, 
Um, Jesse's mentioned it uh, with drafting. We've brought in players also like Aiden Bonner, Lockie Young, Jaden Stevenson, Callum Coleman Jones, Griffin Lake, Darcy Tucker, Aiden Core. Three of those players are on long term deals. Griffin Lake signed a long term deal, Aiden Core as well, as well as CCJ, who's, who's a bit untried. Uh, we've lost players like Sean Higgins, Ben Brown, Jason Orn Francis, Robbie Tarrant. Should we be looking at Brady Rawlings with more scrutiny? Because we've won about 11 out of 70 games. A lot of those have been uncompetitive. Um, should there be question marks about recruiting and drafting with that sort of record? Uh, a lot of people have definitely raised that over the last 72 hours. I'm, uh, I think what we're seeing, and, and look, albeit maybe my confidence is much higher than it should be just purely because Alistair Clarkson's in charge now, but my view is they've gone three years in a row with no, with little, with either poor or little player development. And I mean player development as much in the sense of understanding your role and having a specific game plan. I think from everything I've heard, that's been non-existent for three years. And Barco's introduced what everyone said before the start, all the players said before the season started was a very simple game plan. That wasn't going to be enough to get them past the first two or three rounds before um, Hawthorne picked it apart, and then they've struggled pretty much ever since, apart from Carlton, who have their own issues with game plan. Um, so I find it difficult to either blame a, a large majority of the players we're talking about or Rawlings in that instance, because until these guys are comfortable, their playing group understands their role and understands the game plan, to a level which is acceptable at this standard, and you've got to remember if you if you've gone th- if you're three years behind on that, you're not going to make that up in a one preseason and half a dozen games. It's not going to happen. So I, I think we've got a fair bit of pain to go through still this season, and I think in the last seven games we'll start to see where we're heading, and I think people will be a lot less pessimistic. I think um, there were ten players that weren't in the twenty-two on Saturday that I think will be best twenty-two players. Uh, longer term, and I'm talking about players like Phillips, Powell, Gota, um, Wardlaw, Thomas, Callum Coleman-Jones, uh, Archer, although one person on Twitter is getting annoyed with me talking about Archer when he hasn't proven himself enough yet, which is fair enough. But uh, there, there, were, there were 10 players. Now, that's a big chunk, and you know players like Cherry who are out injured, Combin's out injured. So I think that's a big chunk out of what is potentially going to be your best 22 long term. It makes it harder to judge the list. I think there are seven or eight players on the list. I'm not going to start um, going, you know, getting stuck in individual players, but there probably will be turnover of seven or eight. People talking about a complete um, overhaul of the list have got to understand, even if we want to get rid of 15 players off the list or more, what are we going to replace them with? We've got two first-round draft picks, so... We're going to have to put our faith in the young players, certainly the players that are 20 games or under, and, and there's a lot of them on that list, and even the guys between 20 games and 40 or 50 games. We're going to have to let them develop into 23, 24-year-olds or 70 or 80 games and uh, give them the chance to be developed by Clarks and learn the game plan and people like Ratton uh, and judge them then. I, I think we're too early into this phase to be able to write anyone off, and I, I don't think it's fair to blame Rawlings given the coaching situation the last three years. I mean, he'd, he'd quite rightly argue, Logue, plenty of other clubs wanted Logue. Core, GWS didn't want Core to leave. Um, mm. if, if your team's losing by 100 points every week, everyone's looking bad. So I just think it's too difficult to, to pick out individuals. I've, I've, I, I do want to see a lot. I'm, in some ways, I'm glad we've got injuries this week because I'm excited about who potentially might come in. Callum Coleman-Jones... Hasn't done much up till now, but he's kicked nine game in a v- nine goals in a VFL game, so he'll never come in with more confidence. We need to find out what he's capable of. Wardlaw might come in. Thomas is not far away from coming back, if not next week soon. You know, Phillips, Powell, etc. A lot of those guys will end up being part of our future. So, um, I don't know. There's some there's seven or eight fringe guys that will go out, and more young kids will come in. But I just think we're going to have to we're going to have to be. I know, and you've said it plenty of times yourself, Dino. We're going to have to forget the scoreboard for a while and be patient and stop looking for a magic bullet. It's the list. It's a coach. It's a recruiter. I think for the first time in a long time, we've got Clarkson, Clarkson, who's the best coach of the modern era. It's going to take time. He's got a good team in and around him. Viney's clearly a good person and a great for our culture. 
Rattens, we know, is a good person. Um, you know, he's bringing in people like Gibson and Monkey that I think will be good for the culture. It's just, just going to take a while. And we, you, can't, you can't make up for three years of poor development and coaching and game plan in, in a matter of weeks. Mm. No, oh, no, fair enough, and I agree. Um, Frank, fair points there by Mark. I mean, a lot of people are calling for a clean-out, uh, Mark has stated, but I think that's not the right path either. And looking at the 23 on Sunday, we can't just give up on players like Phoenix Spicer, uh, Jack Marnie, who's out for the year now, um, Curtis Taylor, just yet, can we? I mean, Curtis Taylor, yeah, he's, his form's been a bit scratchy, but he has shown potential, and he's still only 22 years old. Um, so we just can't give up on players like that, can we, just yet? No, no, absolutely not, dude. I think they've got to be um, um, selective and, and and work out. And the, the, the list managers will know which players maybe aren't training, uh, have shown that they're, they're not up to the standard required off the ground. And there'll be decisions made that might leave a few of us scratching our heads thinking, well, like Clarkson said, yeah, he can play football, but can he play top-level football? Um, so, yeah, I think... Mate, I've been around long enough that I remember going to to, to watch Wayne Carey uh, early, you know, down at Windy Hill because he'd been dropped to the twos um, and, and things like that. Now, I'm not saying suggesting that anyone de- that's on the list of that calibre, uh, not even close. But, uh, yeah, blokes do take uh, sometimes a little bit of development and I, I'd just love to see what these guys could do with three or four wins under their belt. Uh, I, I think it's it's sometimes when you're young, it's hard to swim against the the tide like they're being asked to do at the moment. Um, so yeah, uh, there'll be some changes, but I think they have to be smart ones. Yeah. Now, Jesse, you can certainly understand uh, supporters are frustrated. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long time uh, we've been like this, and I know we have to be uh, more patient for a little while longer. But results on the field, I can't see this uh, turning. Uh, around any time soon uh, with uh, the big losses. Last five games, I think I mentioned off-air, they were lost by 61 points per game. Um, can you see a change at any time soon? Because I certainly can't right now. Uh, look, Sydney's got a few outs this week. <laughs> Maybe that's just me being confident. Uh, look, Sydney's got a few outs this week. But look, it, no, not really. I, I think, you know... Regardless of all the other things we've said, the team is not confident. They're learning a new game style. So I can't see it turning around in the short term, uh, especially with six outs this week. Um, it's going to be a very different team, which, look, you might get an immediate, you know, you know, sugar hit from and they might come out and absolutely fire and we might beat the Swans. But I, I can't see us progressing from where we're, be- where we're at at the moment till, you know, maybe the last third of the year so you know there's a bit of pain to come I think as well to add on to what the other guys have said I think we're the victim of having you know the COVID years we we obviously you know Brad Scott moved on we then went through the reshore era which lasted a year effectively then we moved on to the noble era so we've gone you know we've got some young players like you'd, you'd still class LDU you know, and and Taron for that matter as young players, but people of that draft uh, age, uh, so the 2017, 2018 drafts, you know, they've had one, two, three, four, they're on their fourth coach, which is pretty crazy when you think of it. And, you know, uh, the last couple of years, they haven't had great player development. And before that, we had the two interrupted COVID years, including being in a hub where they were probably getting 10 fifths of no player development. Um, so look, I think we're just a victim of all of these compounding things happening at the wrong time. So look, we are going to go through some pain. We need stability. You know, I've seen some silly comments about cleaning out the list and that, as I've said, there is, you know, some players that don't have the talent on the list, but there's also some, some players who do and just need to learn game style and, and just need time. And we can't be sitting there going, you know, oh, we've lost by 60 again. We've lost by 60 again. And just getting disheartened and making emotional comments. We're allowed to be emotional, but it's going to take time to undo the damage of the last three or four years. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like you said, Jesse, um, after the first four rounds, uh, we felt like we had turned a corner. 
Um, but that seems like a long time ago. And I can't understand how in the last five, week, f- five weeks we've just uh, lost the ability to compete long enough, hit targets, play a game in a forward half for long enough. Um, I think that's what baffles really baffles a lot of people right now, Mark. Yeah, because those things were um, working well in the first two weeks. So, but even the first month, yeah, yeah I, that's right. We're, we're okay against Carlton on Good Friday. Hawthorne are, are a very good team in Launceston, and we uh, took them to the last quarter. So, yeah, I think we just yeah, last five weeks are just yeah. I mean, that Brisbane game seems to have just taken the wind out of us, and we haven't really recovered from that. I think, yeah, I think that's true. I think part of it as well is is the way we're turning the ball over make, is making it more difficult for us to hold the ball in or apply pressure. We, we, we're constantly being caught out of position. Um, so we're turning that ball over and, and we're turning it over much earlier than you plan to. So we've barely come out of the back line. We haven't even got to pass the wing and it's already turned over and we've got players running forward who are now caught out of position and it's going back over their head and easy goals going the other way. So I, I think part of the problem seems to be um, when we've got the ball, we're, we, we're giving it up far too quickly, making bad decisions, and we're leaving our players um, who are not expecting that mistake caught out of position and we're then finding it very hard to defend the turnover. So I think it's all linked. I think part of it's there's been a big part of it's been confusion about where we need to be at the right time. I feel like we're getting closer with that. And now their decision-making has gone really pear-shaped in the last you know few weeks in particular. Um, given given the fact we had more possessions than um, Port Adelaide on the weekend, which is hard to believe, uh, given the scoreline. But um, it was really only one quarter that we got slaughtered in, but um, that was the worst of them all. So I just feel like... One thing starts to get fixed and another one's going wrong and they're then having to turn their attention to that. The players themselves don't believe they're anywhere near as um, far back as they were 12 months ago. So that's interesting and they feel like it's going to click soon. But, you know, of course they would they would say that. But I think they're being honest, whereas, I, you know, 12 months earlier they felt completely lost. So I, I think there's things happening that are making it look a lot worse than it really is. And, I mean, Joe Montagna said a few weeks ago, it's never as good or as bad as it seems. It's always um, just small percentages out that can make a big difference. And I feel like that's that with us at the moment. So, anyway, I'm hope I'm, I'm, I'm saying that to keep my sanity partly as well. Yeah. But I hope that's correct. Yeah. Well, let's go to the game anyway. Frank, how did you see it? Um, like, uh, like probably a lot of people was a lot to like. There was still some errors there and some frustrating moments that we had that you, you sort of wished hadn't happened or that we'd be better at. Uh, and then obviously the second quarter just became a procession, unfortunately. And then uh, third and fourth quarter, well, third, not so bad. Fourth, again, had some awful moments. Uh, but look, at quarter time, I thought we were, we were right in it. And then for whatever particular reason, we just... Um, uh, as I said to a mate of mine, it seems like when the pressure comes on, we've got people that go to a, you know their default setting, which is just uh, kick the ball as far as you can forward. Uh, and when that starts and Port set up the wall, we we were just trapped and it uh, it went horrible. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was pretty much like I said earlier, um, and we talked about it earlier. It was pretty much over halfway through the second quarter. I think we we're already four or five goals down, which was disappointing. Uh, Jesse. Positives out of the game. I thought Jack Zebel was outstanding again with 27 possessions, 427 metres gained, a game-high 12 intercept, intercepts. Goldstein, Zerha, LDU, Simpkin all battled and had their moments. Uh, what did you find out of the game that was positive? Jeez, it's a tough one. Um, you <laughs> it's know getting what? harder week. Yeah, no, no. You know what? There was, the, there was one thing in particular that I was – that I found as a positive, personally. I, I thought the forward line uh, actually was semi-decent. I mean, Nick Larkey kicked, what was it, four goals, one or something? I think he missed one or one was out in the four. It was four goals, one. Um, you know, Stevenson kicked another two goals, and I think Zerha kicked another two goals. So the fact that Larkey kicked four after, you know, he, he started the year really well. We fell into a slump. He was finding it really hard to score goals, you know, Port Adelaide have a, a decent defence and Larky was able to get four goals. I thought that was a massive positive, um, gi- you know, given that we were 
butchering the ball all over the ground for him to get four goals, I thought was really, really impressive. So that was probably my number one. Um, yeah, I thought Zebel was really impressive again. Uh, I thought Goldie had a, a really good game. He had something like 50 hitouts or, or something. I don't know how many of them to advantage, but it was a fantastic game by Goldie, really showing showing that he's he's still the man. Um, and yeah, I thought they were probably the main positives. Um, yeah, it was it was a struggle though. <laughs> the injuries really took a took yeah. a toll. Yeah, especially the last quarter when, uh, yeah, I mean, we're getting a few injuries. And then LDU goes down, your best player effectively in the middle, or probably bit, arguably your best player in the team, uh, does a hamstring halfway through the last quarter as well. Just really sums up the game. Uh, I think, Mark, that another thing that's really disappointing, uh, we really wanted to do well against uh, Port Adelaide this week. And I think a lot of that is an emotional thing with the supporters. They wanted to do well to prove a point against Port Adelaide and Kane Corns, and we fell apart in that second quarter and the game got killed like we've talked about. Yes. Well, isn't Kane Corns having the time of his life? <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much. He's just can't talk about anything else but North Melbourne at the moment. It's, it's, um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's not endearing himself. Um, but, you know, we've, we've, I think you're right. I think emotionally, North wanted, North supporters, I should say, were desperate for a massive effort last week. Um, not probably more because of Cairns and Jason Horn Francis, funnily enough. Um, but I, I think we probably could have, we would have accepted a loss. But I think the fact we were uncompetitive after quarter time is what really upset people because, um, you know, even hearing Mark Robinson come on on Monday last night and talk about the fact he was laughing at North with someone he was watching the game on TV with, that actually really hurt hurt as a supporter to hear that. And hope the players, I'm sure the players do feel feel that sort of thing, and it's um, makes them angry. I know it would fire Clarko up, but but with all that said, they've just got to keep along the process they're on. But um, I just it was hard to watch. It, it, it was probably the hardest game to watch this year. One, because it was against Port Adelaide. Two, because it just felt like um, they they had us trapped in this game where in some parts we were trying to work our way out of trouble by multiple handballs and they knew that's what we were going to do. So they had us crowded in close and they just kept turning it over. Um, and I was just thinking, why, why wouldn't you... I'd rather we knew the plan was one like it was earlier in the year, one handball, kick long, all run to that position because you know where the ball's going and... Um, you're predictable to each other, whereas at the moment it feels like players didn't know what they were going to do. And, um, and clearly Clarkson was very frustrated with this game as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, no one can blame the supporters for being frustrated. I, I guess um, we just have to try to stay calm and realise there, re- there is no magic solution. Getting rid of half the list won't work. Sacking the coach certainly won't work. Probably getting rid of Brady Rawlings won't work. We're just going to have to... Um, stick fat and, and get through it, but it was uh, very hard to watch. No, definitely, yeah. It is frustrating, yeah. Look, and I, and I felt the frustration in the second quarter because, yeah, after a promising start, I thought we, we had a real chance to be competitive at Hobart, and, yeah, we just, um, yeah, all it takes is uh, 10, 15 minutes of, of another team uh, to pile the pressure on, and we uh, can see six or seven goals, and the game's effectively over, which has been an ongoing problem. Uh, we'll go to the back line anyway. I felt for them this week again because absolutely no pressure up the field a lot of the time, which made it really tough for players, key position players like Cora Mackay and everyone else. But once it goes in, we can't seem to uh, get it out, uh, can we, Frank? Oh, well, I, Dean, I'd say that we get it out, but we only it's a really <laughs> shallow exit. Uh, we yeah. get to about 60 or 70 and you just know that Port were going to mark it and send it back. Uh, like I said before, with the default setting, uh, it seems that with mounting pressure, uh, you know, Jack, Zebel, uh, uh, Luke McDonald, even Perez uh, just seem to, um, rather than look for someone just like the old school defenders, the, the way, you know, like Mickey Martin used to do it, just boot it as long as you can up the line and that, and the Port boys were ready for it. And you just knew it was coming back over their head. So um, I thought, we defended okay at times, uh, but certainly I think just the amount that the ball kept coming back in, um, I think wore them down in the end where they were just sort of trying to get it as far away from the goal mouth as they could. And um, 
it just made it very easy for Port. Now, Frank, you sent a tweet after the game to me. You said that you, you sent a t- tweet that saying that the Perez is probably not up to it, AFL level or something to that degree. Um, yep. Do you re- uh, retract that, or do you sort of think he's probably not up to it at this stage? No, look, I don't think he's up to it at this stage. Now, whether that's confidence or form, um, you know, that's I'm I'm happy to to give him more time in the twos and build his confidence, but. Um, I'm not seeing anything that suggests to me that he's a lock in the, in that back half. He's he's far too um, uh, flaky with his disposal, um, and uh, yeah, just a, a bit untrustworthy uh, in, in that deep down uh, in the back line. Whether he goes back to the VFL and regains some confidence and comes back, yep, happy for him to do that. But I just don't see him at that standard at the moment. Well, he's out uh, this week with the concussion rule. He's out for 12 days. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes back in the week after. Um, there is a couple of players that uh, are fighting for that spot. You've got Aiden Bonner, Lockie Young, so, who's injured as well. Uh, Josh Goder is out for three to five weeks as well now. So, yeah, uh, it's uh, we're falling like dominoes. Jesse, how did you see Luke McDonald? He tries his hardest, but he's copping a bit from supporters now. Um, was he as bad as they say? 76% disposal efficiency, 17 disposals, 365 metres gained, five tackles. I didn't think he was the worst, and people are saying you should give away the captaincy, which I don't agree with at all. Oh, look, that's right. silly. Silly comments. Um, look, is he playing great football? No, no, he's not. But I think, like the guy said earlier, no one's playing good football at the moment. So everyone looks bad out there. He, he isn't having his best year. I, I, I do agree with that. I think, you know, his best and fairest year, which was, what, 2020, um, was an absolute ripper where he was intercepting everything. He was getting good, you know, he, he was getting good rebound out of the back 50. Um, he, he, he is... The negative on him at the moment is I think some of his longer kicks are a bit ineffective, which has been, you know, something that earlier in his career in particular he was doing. So his disposal hasn't been overly clean. He seems to uh, crumble to pressure a little bit more um, than some other players do, uh, or at least he does it in very obvious ways. So they're the negatives, but he does try his heart out. Um, yeah. He, it's not that he's not trying. And those takes in terms of him and Simpkin not giving effort, I'm sure there was 100 instances of them giving effort. You can't blame anyone, let alone someone in their 20s, for, you know, kind of packing it in at some stage during the game, regardless of if they're captain or not. Um, are they, uh, you know, are either of them a Scott Pendlebury, a Michael Voss level captain? Well, no, no, of course they're not. They're, they're in the first year of the captaincy in a, in a team that's, you know, one of the worst of the modern era, unfortunately, and they've got a really rough gig in front of them. So, no, look, him throwing in the captaincy is an absolutely terrible call. Um, I think it's a bit embarrassing. He, he does a lot behind the scenes from, you know, all reports, and he, he's one of the players out there who's trying to rally the troops and trying to keep their morale up. So is he playing great football? No, but it's, it's hard to name a player playing good football for us at the moment. Oh, yeah, no, there's, there's so many out of form right now. So, yeah, yeah, and like you said, last month has been a bit tough on him. But, uh, yeah, I'm confident he can turn around. And he has had his moments where he's done a lot of good stuff as well. Uh, Mark, Mackay's future is in limbo right now. I actually can't see him staying uh, unless we pay massive overs for him. But that's a different discussion. Uh, Core gave away a stupid free kick in the first quarter, got a suspension for it. A lot of talk about him as well, and I didn't think he was too bad over the weekend. We can't seem to get out of the back half, which we talked about. Uh, 14 turnovers from within 60 metres of goal, which uh, Port scored from. Do we need to try some different plays there? Maybe throw the Magnus around, put Paul Curtis there for a half to get him some footy and a good user of the ball. Because at the moment, it's not working, is it? Well, I'm desperate for, for Tom, Thomas to get in the side and get back there. I think he's um, going to be crucial to helping get the ball out of the back line if, if they're continuing with the idea of playing him, which I'm hoping for for a, a long, long time because we just haven't had the class coming out of the back line. I think Sheasel does a great job with that, um, obviously. But um, I think at some point they'll want to throw him forward and give him some time in the midfield and but potentially play both he and Tarrant. Tarrant Thomas coming out of the back line. Um, 
I agree with you about Mackay. The, the longer this is going on now, I'm starting to believe that it's unlikely he's staying. Um, you know, the word was that it was 50-50 before the season started, so you, you, I can't see how that's improved. Uh, and Port Adelaide seem, from what I hear, are very confident. So, uh, yeah, there's some there's some worries there. Um, you know, as you said, I mean, we potentially would have to pay way overs to keep him. But look, I'm just guessing. We don't know where the situation is there. I think if he does go, we'll just have to make the best of that, and it gives us a chance to bring in, you know, to have three first round draft picks potentially. So we'll make the best of it. Uh, if he does go, that makes Core and Logue even more important. Uh, they seem to struggle. As a group, I think Mackay's played better after Logue went forward. Um, but I'd say Logue will obviously have to come back this week with, with Core now out. And that was a very um, irresponsible and stupid thing he did because it, it, you know, that hurt our momentum as well just before quarter time. But um, you have to move on from that. I, I, again, I'm finding it hard to, there's so much going on with the structure and adapting to the game plan. And I include McDonald in this. The way the ball's coming into the back line, it's very hard to be blaming individuals back there at the moment. I think um, I, I agree with you, though, about trying some different things. I think they're, surely they're going to give Dawson a game this year. He looked okay last year when he played, so I, you would hope they'd try, give him a chance. Um, Young hasn't had a chance yet, obviously, and he was very good last year. Uh, Bonner, I thought, was good in the early games and hasn't had a chance since then. Obviously, had a few injuries. So, I think you're right. I think they should try a few different things between now and the end of the year in the back line, for sure. Yeah, well, a lot of players are playing for the future as well. Like, I know Bonner's out of contract. Um, Flynn Perez is out of contract. Yeah. So, yeah, players like that, yeah, definitely. Um, you can, I mean, at the end of the day, you can only try these things. And if it fails, it fails, uh, which is uh, failing anyway uh, with what we're doing. So, we'll go to the midfield, Jesse. Greenwood, uh, I'll go to you, Frank, sorry. Uh, Greenwood comes in for Cunnington. LDU is out now. Uh, I think this is supposed to be our area of strength with depth on the list, but we look very one-paced right now, uh, don't we? Because we lost the clearances 18-5, which means we're on the back foot right away. Uh, yeah, now whether that was uh, pace-driven, Dean, or whether it was hit-outs to advantage, I guess it's uh, it's for better judges than me to to work that out. But um, yeah, look, it's, it's one of those things where I think it probably is the area where we do have the most depth in. Um, And it's just whether it's, I guess it's whether the depth is, is an, will improve us or whether we're just going to bring in another, you know, hate to use the word, you know, like four list cloggers uh, that are just going to come in and, and sort of patch over the cracks. But I'm actually, like I think it was uh, Mark said, I'm actually kind of um, excited to see a couple of new faces this week and and see whether it is the um, the beginning of a you know a new centre square, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting because uh, Jesse Goldstein and Shields are going pretty well. Uh, Simpkin with 26 possessions, but 158 metres gained. Uh, with them, uh, 61% disposal efficiency as well, which is yuck. Um, Bailey Scott has probably been below par for the year as well. Uh, LDU has been pretty much carrying that midfield, hasn't he, when he's been playing? Oh, absolutely. It's been LDU or bust for the, for, for the most part in terms of quality. You know, I think Simkin, especially at the start of the year, pre the broken hand, played some really good games of footy. Um yeah, look, I, I agree with you, mate. I, I think the midfield looked one-paced. Um, and we've said this a few times. Like, even if you add a power of Phillips in there, they're all of the same speed. They, they, they There's no there's no diff point of difference in that midfield. And I don't think necessarily you, you we, we dropped Greenwood. Um, he only had the 17 disposals or something, but he had nine tackles. And most of our team doesn't tackle. So... We need a midfielder. I mean, I think Simkin had five, but we need a midfielder who who actually wants to crack in and tackle. So I'm I'm actually happy for him to stay in the side. Again, I, I it has to be him or Cunnington. We can't play both. Um, so I'm happy for Greenwood to get another go in the side because we need that person to tackle. But oh, look, I think all over the park we need to you know move the magnets a little bit, be a little bit more creative in terms of who we throw in positions because. Um, yeah, the midfield looks one-paced. If you look at the Port Adelaide midfield, they had, you know, a whole... And again, we're, we're talking about a team which has established 
and has, you know, a pretty decent midfield. But you've got Zach Butters who can really crash in, can also move outside. You've got Rosie who's class. Um, you know, Ollie Wines had 20-plus and he crashed in. They didn't have massive numbers, their players, but they – they had enough. They had a rotate, a good, good rotation of players who were able to go in there and and win the ball. Um, like it, it I, I think we need to do something different with who goes into the centre square because it can't just continue to be the same players. Uh, fair points there by Jesse Mark. Um, is it worth uh, trying some something different? Uh, maybe maybe we should give Lazaro a chance. You know, he got one quarter last week. Uh, you can't really do much with that. Maybe give him a chance. Uh, Tom Powell should be back this week. Hugh Greenwood, I thought, was okay. Like Jesse said, you can't play... I don't think you could play him and Cunnington in the same midfield. What do you think? Um, I, I, I think you raised a good point about Lazaro. I think you can't leave him with playing 20 minutes uh, of a game and then um, make a judgment on him based on that. I know a lot of supporters thought he didn't do enough, but, I mean, it's very difficult coming on for that period of time. I think he needs to be given two or three games in a row. I'd like to see Phillips, Powell, Taron Thomas and Wardlaw all play and I'd like to see them all play for four or five weeks running, regardless win-loss and, and form. I think um, Phillips in particular has, has not played a lot of footy for, for a number of years particularly with COVID in his last under-18 year and then with his glandular fever. I just want to, and Powell has been a bit interrupted was playing well pretty much before he got injured I want, I want those two to be left to the side and I think Wardlaw should be given an extended run of it and when we finally get Thomas back, leave him in there because of the speed and skill he brings. I think I think that will change the one pace look and I thought, um, as you pointed out, it, it, we looked a bit skinny for talent. Once you had Simkin, I mean Simkin LDU and then it fell away. Then you've got Greenwood and then it's suddenly Shields and there weren't really other midfielders there. We had a gun midfield playing in the VFL um, which is probably why we won that by more than 10 goals. And they delivered uh, nine goals to Callum Coleman-Jones, putting it down his throat. So I'd rather see those guys in the seniors, to be honest, and um, let them settle. They're going to be the, they're going to form the basis of our midfield for the next decade, we hope, given they're all top five draft picks pretty much. So leave them in there and let's um, let them develop together. I, I think it's time for, the, for, that, for that to happen. I'm not suggesting we necessarily drop shields, but... Um, you know, I, I think we've got to stop stuffing around with these younger guys now and just let them settle in the side. I think, you know, as Clarko said, if we're going to lose by 10, 11 goals, we may as well do it with the kids. Uh, so I'd bring them back in. And I agree with you about Lazar. At some point, he's going to be given his chance. But I don't see bringing players like Hall and Howe back into the side is going to do anything for us long term. They're, they're not part of our next finals campaign, you know, whenever that might be. Um, which feels a fair way off at the moment. It's the same with Callum Coleman-Jones. As much as I'm uh, devastated for Coleman, given that he was one of the bright lights early in the year that he's injured, I think they're going to have to give Callum Coleman-Jones an extended run at it too, and hopefully he's coming into some confidence now. Yeah. Uh, Frank, we might as well move to the forward line. Coming last in the conference marks inside 50, tackles inside 50, and second last for goals per game. The forward line can't lock the ball in there. Besides Larky, Zerha and Stevenson, we aren't getting much else from anyone else right now, are we? No, Dean, and I think we've become far too predictable in how we move the ball into the forward 50. I think the defenders, opposition defenders, know that there's a very good likelihood that we're going to put it on top of Nick Larky's head. Uh, whether that's 20 or 30 out directly from goal. And I think they set up that way and uh, and it just becomes too easy to defend against. But you're right, Dean. I, we, didn't, we didn't offer a, a hell of a lot of variety. Uh, I, thought, I thought maybe it would have been an opportunity to move uh, Drury into the back half last week where he'd played a lot of the VFL footy and he was getting slaughtered by Bergman. Uh, in that opening half. Um, and so I thought, you know, maybe there. Um, but a bit like the midfield, yeah, we, we probably need to try something a bit different no matter what it is. Obviously, Coleman Jones coming in will, will give us a bit of a different look. But we, I think we're just too easy to defend against. I think uh, Drew did go in the back line in the third quarter, but it only lasted probably 20 minutes, and then uh, he went back to the forward line. Uh, I think he dropped a simple mark and pre- pretty much struggled. Had a poor game after a promising first game, he but did. that happens yeah. for a young kid. Uh, Jesse, 
We will have CCJ in the team this week after nine, nine goals in the reserves. But a fair chunk of it is delivery. And I can't see the personnel being the sole difference to us getting goals right now. It's ball movement and having the ability to lock it in, which is 2022 pretty much, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It, it wouldn't matter if Wayne Carey was in that forward line at the moment. Uh, you could put Wayne Carey, Gary Ablett, who, you could put all of them in there and we'd, we'd break even maybe. The issue is our delivery is, is deplorable. Uh, as we've said, not even just in the back half with the turnovers, our, our, our transition and our delivery is really, really poor. Um, you know, it was I thought it was a miracle that Larky actually got four, as I said earlier. Um, so, look, that's a massive concern. Uh, so we've got to clean that up. Um, and, look, that does come with confidence, though. And I, I think, like the other guys said, I'm excited to see some new faces in there because just getting a go in the seniors kind of gives you you know, a bit of that player comes into the game with a bit of excitement, a little bit of confidence. And that means that they're not necessarily going to be in the same state of mind as some of the other players will be, if that makes sense. So I think, you know, I think they, I I think we're a good chance this week to have a little bit of a spike. So whoever comes in might look maybe a little bit better than they, than they will in a few weeks time. But look, I think we've got to clean up the delivery. And as, as we've said on and on and on, if, when, when, and if we too get the ball in there, we need the players at, you know, the forward, the key forwards feet to keep the ball in there. And I know that's an an ongoing problem that we haven't been able to solve, but we need small forwards who can apply some pressure. Mm. Mark, no Zerha this week. Does that mean that Eddie Ford finally gets a game? And I actually think Bicer looked okay in the weekend, but he needs help with the pressure as well. Paul Curtis's defensive efforts have dropped right off, and I'd like to see him uh, go back uh, into the, uh, this week to be more defensive and maybe try Luke McDonald forward for a half. Curtis Taylor is being uh, meh. Uh, how can we fix it? Agree with you about Curtis Taylor. He's... Um... Yeah, I just he's he's his his game hasn't progressed, has it? For um, for a while, he's 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 talked about as having a lot of talent, but it's um, and he's he's a hard working player. He runs very hard and works very hard defensively, but it seems to be affecting his game from a positive perspective. So, I'm, I'm I know he's highly touted talent wise. So I'd love to see Curtis Taylor take a, a few steps forward in the second half of the year. I don't know what the answer is on the forward line. I, I'm, I certainly would if, if Eddie Ford doesn't play this week. I don't know why they've got him on the list? Because uh, he's been in good form, and every time he has a big game in the VFL, he doesn't get a chance. So with Zerha out, surely this is the week he has to play. And um, if I've ever wanted uh, a player to succeed this year, it's Callum Coleman Jones this week. I know I've already mentioned about four times, but. Um, uh, it would mean a lot to the club and the balance of that side if we had another tall forward down there that we could go long to without having to kick the ball on top of Larky's head every time. I think uh, it would help Larky out a huge amount. It would, it would help Zerha when he's playing uh, and give uh, the small summon to Crum to, particularly Curtis and Stevenson. I do think they need to persevere with Spicer. We definitely... We must find a player with real with elite speed in that forward line who knows how to apply forward pressure and lay tackles. Um, he's got a long way to go. There's no doubt about that. But I, I think that now that we've got these injuries, I think they should persevere with him for a few weeks. Uh, but I agree with you. Anything's worth a try at the moment. Uh, yeah, look, I just think, yeah, try and make the opposition be, you know, um, reactive to our approach rather than the opposite way around. So, yeah, I mean, when you're getting flogged by, you know, 10-plus goals every week, I, I just think we're doing the same thing week in, week out. And I think this week's a, a good time to try a few things and, right. um, yeah, throw the opposition off. But uh, we'll see how we go. Now, we are looking at six changes this week, Frank. Um, who do you want to see in the team? Reserves had a good win? Yep. Well, uh, obviously, uh, Coleman Jones, I think, is a lock. Uh, um, uh, Wardlaw, I think, he'll come in. Uh, I'd love to see Eddie Ford get a get a go. Um, I think that's the three, and then I'd probably go with Phillips Powell if he's if he's available. Um, so that that might be touch and go. And then the only other one that I I know uh, it's probably. Uh, not not the guy that you'd want there permanently, but I think Hall might get a call up uh, to slot in and, and cover Perez's um, 
uh, gap uh, that he'll leave in there. But certainly as far as um, sort of newer type players, I'd like to see Ford, uh, Wardlaw, Coleman Jones um, certainly come in. Too soon, too soon for Thomas, you think, Frank? Look, uh, uh, I, 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 without knowing what is going on behind the scenes, I'm going to go with the club. And if they feel that he's um, done his his time, I'm happy to see him come back in. Uh, he, look, he, on talent alone, he gets a game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's about what he's doing off the field that, um, you know, the club needs to be 100% um, across. But, yeah, absolutely. If, 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 if they tick him off, he gets a game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Jesse, about uh, Taron Thomas? Uh, as far as I understand, uh, they're not going to pick him this week, uh, but he could get picked as soon as next week. He's a quality player, and we really need him back in. Um, he's back in the AFL program, and look good in the reserves. Do we pick him as early as we can? Look, I think the guys hit the nail on the head. I'm going to go with the club. They'll know better than us in terms of what his mindset is like. Has he has he actually changed his tune? Um, we can't bring him back because purely where we're at. It has to be because it's very tempting. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 worry. I have definitely ummed and out about my morals in my head about it. This whole saga has made me question it. But um, he was. I watched the VFL game. Uh, I think I actually watched more of the VFL game than I did the AFL game this week. Um, yeah. and he looked good. Uh, he he looked fit. He looked clean. Uh, he, if he ticks the boxes off field, then he is a hundred percent ticked every week. Um, so look, my gut feel is that he won't play this week. That's just a gut feel. I think he will play the week after. I think from perception, more than anything, they won't uh, they won't let him play. I think they'll give it a few more weeks to kind of you know let it drift out a little bit so it doesn't. I don't know, so it doesn't look so much of desperation with the six changes and all the injuries, etc. So I think it'll be the week after. But look, if he's ticked the boxes, you've got to let him play because he's such an important player to, to our team. He can play forward, midfield or back and he'll have an instant effect, in my opinion. We saw what he was like when his mind was right in, you know, 2021. Um and he had a poor year last year, but we can't forget what talent he has. Uh, and just to quickly, you know, add to what the other guy said, if Eddie Ford doesn't play this week, I'm going to riot. I, I can't believe that he hasn't got a game. And I know that I've been on him all year, but it's just it's beyond belief. I had one person message me saying that they were at the game and they spoke to him and he was un- upset. Now, obviously, can't can't verify that. And I'm not going with... Uh, a, a person on Twitter's source on that. Um, but I think they've listened to my, I think they'll definitely listen to this because they've, they've heard me talk about him before. And um, he, look, he has to play. Surely he has to play uh, with the injuries that we've got out. Well, I think he almost picks himself this week because we've got no one else to play. So. <laughs> yeah, like no, I, so. yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think we've uh, got many options really. Is a, a like for like replacement uh, for like maybe, a, you know, um, Who's out again? Oh, it's Cameron Zerha. So, yeah, no, I think um, that would be a good replacement for him. Uh, what about you, Mark? Uh, you'd like to see anyone else uh, we haven't mentioned yet? You, you obviously feel uh, George Wardlaw is ready to debut? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's been given a very long period to get himself right, as well as conditioning period where he didn't play for five or six weeks. Um, you can wait till he's in the perfect form, but I, he's done plenty in the VFL so far. His, his body seems to be right. So we've got six players out. As you said, the midfield looks one pace and he's definitely going to add some explosive power that we're going to lose with LDU going out. So I think we, I think it'll be great for the supporters to see him as well. I think um, they've done plenty to make sure they've given him every chance to be successful. But um, I saw enough watching the VFL game to be very confident. Um, you know, I understand that... Um, got to be cautious with Taron Thomas, but I'm hearing good things about where he's at mentally now, and I think he spoke very well the other day uh, about wanting to start again. So if he's back in the AFL system, I wouldn't be waiting too long. I'd be getting back in pretty quickly. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, look, as far as we know, it's it's not far away. Uh, yeah. George Wardlaw, I'm not too sure because, yeah, that, I mean, he's just come back from an injury as well. So whether they want to give him continuity into the VFL program for two or three weeks before they pick him um, is an interesting discussion. But, you know, at the moment, we don't have too much to pick from. Uh, anyways, boys, uh, Frank, you want to add anything else before I let you go? Uh, no, uh, Dean, uh, let's just uh, hope for an improved effort. I know I say it every week, it couldn't get any worse, but it, somehow it does. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, be out, I'll be out there on Saturday hoping for a, for a minor miracle, so I hope the footy gods are listening. Yeah, no, that's uh, – yeah, like you said, uh, pretty, you summed up pretty well where you sort of said uh, – you don't think it's going to get any worse, but somehow it does. So, yeah, let's hope not. Uh, what about you, Jesse? Anything? No, not really, mate. Look, I, I you, you just want to see – look, I think, like the other guy said, we're going to have some changes this week. We're going to see some faces that we don't usually see, and that's exciting. It lets us see more of the list, and I think that's what we have to, you know, really focus on at the moment is that we've got an opportunity to see all the players on the list, what they can offer, um, it lets some other people have a crack at it. So, look, I think that's that's exciting. I'm not going into this week disheartened. As I said, Sydney have got a you know a fair few out, so we're definitely a um, we're definitely a chance. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm overly confident, um, but look, we're a chance. Well, that's uh, that's something, anyways. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Mark, you, Mark? Any final thoughts? Yes, I think the title turn this week, we're going to see a lot of excitement. I think Callum Coleman-Jones will kick a bag of goals. How many? And, and I reckon he'll kick five goals or more. Oh, we'll have nothing but excitement to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, generally, we're pretty lucky to kick five goals in a game. So <laughs> one individual uh, it's, uh, it's a big call there, Mark. I'm not too sure about that one. <laughs> I like well, it. if it comes off, I'll, it'll pay well, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I might put $2 on it, but uh, anything more, I, 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 I can't do it. Right. Uh, anyways, uh, Frank, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, Dean. Thank you, boys. Jesse, much appreciate you coming on as well. Thank you, mate. Mark, thank you so kindly. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, boys. See you next week. Thanks. Thanks to those gentlemen for coming on tonight. That's it for today's show. Once again, thanks to all you Labor listeners for all the likes, retweets, comments you all put out for the show. It's very much appreciated. I couldn't do this podcast without your support. If you can leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform you use as well, that would be awesome. Um, I'll be back on Thursday evening with team news and special guests once again. Check out uh, the Further North pod. Um, There was an episode yesterday with Marnie Cohen and Josh Neal, so check that out as well. Plenty of North content out there, so you don't have to look far. North uh, North and there's North pod as well, so check that one out also. Uh, Anyways, that's it. Today, I will leave a shout out to Troy Makepeace at MakoShark35 on Twitter. Until Thursday... Bye for now and go Roos.